So today we get to talk about sex. Woohoo! You're excited? I shouldn't be. I don't know. It's going to be <laughs> quite a day. It's interesting. Several years ago, we were asked to speak on a marriage cruise called the Love Like You Mean It Cruise by Family Life. And Bob Lapine, our friend who asked us to speak, hadn't told us our topic. So a few weeks before the cruise, I'm texting him uh, on my phone, I'm using my thumbs, because I said, Bob, what do you want us to speak on? And he's like, you know, tell me the things you speak around the country on. And we're like, you know, conflict. Communication. And you name it. So yeah. then I added sex. And he goes, oh, you guys need to speak on sex. We have no couple speaking on sex. And we're like, oh, great. <laughs> I text back immediately, are you serious, dude? You want a couple in their 50s talking about sex? And right away he texts back, are you still having sex? <laughs> then talk about it. Uh, you think that's so funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Yes, we still are. And yes, today we're going to talk about it. And it's going to be a great day because it could be uncomfortable for some people. But here's the thing. Everybody else is talking about it. Yeah. We know what the culture thinks. We know what movies think. We don't know what God thinks. The church has been pretty much silent on this for decades. I never heard a sermon, a pastor talk about this growing up. The only thing I ever heard in church about sex was it's wrong, it's dirty, and if you do it, you'll go bald. So some of us are really bald. <laughs> anyway. And, and really, God talks a lot about it. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting. When we talk about this at our marriage conferences around the country, we often have couples line up to talk to us, and we think they're coming up to talk about their marriage. And, and how often. Right, and how great they're doing. Yeah, but more often than not, they're talking about this is so hard. Specifically, the their struggles. sex life and the struggles in their sex life. Because honestly, we all bring so much baggage, especially into this area. And I'll, I'll tell you this. Sitting in the room right now are different categories of people when it comes to talking about sex. There's some are like the blushers. You're like, oh my gosh, you're going to talk about this like, with the lights on? That means tonight we're going to have to do it. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got on the other side of that, you've got the locker room crowd who's like, yeah, let's talk about it. But, you know, you've got that going on in the room, and we've got to dance that little right. tightrope. And then in the room also are, like, for me, I have abuse, sexual abuse in my background. And so that's true for some of the listeners. So for some of you, you've gone through that. That's so painful, and it really does affect this area. So how do we walk with that? How do we talk about it? So we're going to try and be sensitive to that because it is, it is an area of our lives that many people have been hurt. And a lot of that's because we don't even know God's design, original design. So let's talk about that. We got just three thoughts. And the first one is this, bring God into the bedroom. Which everybody, you're just like, wait, what? That sounds weird. <laughs> but here's what I mean. Bring God's perspective into this area of our lives. And as Ann said, God's the one who designed and created sex. I remember we said that once at a marriage conference. God created sex and this guy in like the third row goes, praise Jesus, you know. It was like, you know, his wife crawled under the chair. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. We think the culture came up with it. No, it's actually something God designed himself. You go back to the Bible, to the very beginning, the, the Bible starts with a wedding, and you have a couple, Adam and Eve, the first man and first woman, and God brings them together, not as just a couple, but as a married couple. And in Genesis, which means beginnings, the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, it says this. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Hmm. Now, there is no father and mother in this garden. It's just Adam and Eve. So what's God doing? He's setting up this institution called marriage, and he says, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You're going to leave mom and dad, and you're going to cleave to your wife, and you're going to become one flesh. And that means sexual inter intercourse. It means 
sexual intimacy, and it's from the very beginning. Here's another passage that's in the Bible. I didn't even know this kind of stuff was in the Bible. Proverbs 5 says this, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. And then he says this, a loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Hmm. I had no idea the word breast was in the Bible. Well, it's so funny. I have a friend who has two daughters and she walked into their bedroom one day and she they threw this book under the bed and she's thinking, what are they looking at? And she pulls it out and it was the Bible and it was this passages like this in the Song of Solomon. It's like you think it's R-rated, but actually it's not R-rated at all. Why would we be ashamed to talk about what God was not ashamed to create? In marriage. In marriage. And that's his design. And it's interesting when you think about, okay, what was God's design for sex in marriage. It's really a couple things. One is obviously procreation or reproduction. This is his command to multiply and, and to build a godly legacy. He gave us a way to do that. It's called sex. Now think about this. If you're God and you want your, your human beings to reproduce, you could come up with anything you want. It wouldn't have to be sex. It could have been like cross-pollination. You know, you're like, you're like an aisle seven at Kroger and somebody sneezes by you and you're like, oh, I'm pregnant again. <laughs> Thank God it isn't that way. It's like a whole, it's unbelievable. It's God gave us yes. this unbelievable thing. And part of the purpose is reproduction. I tell you what, I never heard there was any other purpose growing up in church. That's the only thing I heard. But if you study the Bible, you find out God also had another purpose and it is pleasure. God desires that this be something that's pleasurable. He doesn't cover his eyes when a married couple is making love. Think about this. He actually applauds. Some of you can't even picture a God like that, but God actually applauds when a husband and wife make love. He's going, way to go. Well, I heard one author say that when a husband and wife make love, it's almost like every time they do that, they're renewing their vows. And that's kind of a beautiful way to look at it. But it's hard, isn't it? Like, especially if you grew up outside the church, especially if you have no context for God, like to bring God into this, it feels like, wait, it's supposed to be, that seems weird to do that. But it, yet he designed it and he's applauding it. And, and one of the most beautiful things about it, the way he designed our bodies, the way God designed the pleasure part of it is when a husband and wife make love. And by the way, when anybody has sex, this is what's going on. It isn't just physical. It is the most intimate thing you'll ever do with another person, ever. It's soul to soul. It isn't just body to body. Let and me it, tell you, nobody it, ever told me that, yeah. but that's what's going on. It's really giving a part of your soul to that person. And that's why we talk about this in the confines of marriage. Yeah, God says, this is so intimate, you've got to protect it. And so God did put some restrictions on it. He says, do this in the covenant of marriage between one man and one wife, a husband and wife. It's like God says, protect it because you're not just having sex. You're not just having pleasure body to body. This is soulish in nature. You're given a part of your, your soul to one another and you don't want to tie your soul to somebody else that you're not in a covenant of till death do us part and, with. And we know, culturally speaking, this people are like, what, this is the dumbest thing. I used to think this was the dumbest thing and had no idea that this was God's beauty and design and here's the word, protection for us. Because Dave and I have paths that we brought other people into this relationship and it's really been hard. And our, and our biggest struggle in our first year, you heard about that, we didn't yeah. want to be married anymore. A lot of our pain, I'll be honest with you, came from sexual baggage, sexual 
uh, memories and things we brought into our relationship. We had no idea what we did before marriage would have an impact on our marriage. Oh my gosh, especially in this area, it does. Why? Because it's that deep. It's soul to soul. And so when you bring God into the bedroom, when you bring God's heart, God's perspective in, it's like you step back and go, oh my gosh, this is so delicate. It's so beautiful. I want to do it his way. And I want to honor him in this way. And so it's a beautiful thing that we've experienced in you know, three decades of marriage as you bring God into the bedroom, you bring his perspective. And so here's the thing, bringing his perspective makes me, okay, I want to love her and cherish her and honor her. And I want to understand her, as we said last time, she's so different, I'm so different than each other, but this applies in the bedroom as well. So we want to talk about this. The first thought was bring God in the bedroom. The second thought is this, your body is a wonderland. You want me to sing it? John Mary, your body is a wonderland. Nobody knows what he says there. But here's what they're getting at. And we all know this. Men and women are different. And again, we're not saying all women are this way and all men are this way. But when it comes to the area of sex, there's differences. And one of the big ones is just how we approach it, how we Mm. think about it. Men tend to be sort of compartmentalized and women tend to be sort of holistic. Mm. Compartmentalized means I have compartments and I can slide into one compartment and then slip into another and they sort of never overlap. Holistic, Holistic. I don't even sure we understand holistic. (laughs) It's like you're global because everything runs into everything. In other words, if Dave and I had a fight and then we make up and we're done, but two minutes later, Dave could be like, let's have sex. I'm like, we just got over our fight. He's like, yeah, we're over it. Yeah, and and she can't think that way because here's here's my analogy. Women are like a string of Christmas lights. If one bulb's out, they're all out. (laughs) Guys could care less if any of them are on. Let's go. But it's just absolutely totally Yeah, because we're thinking of all of our stuff at the same time. And if, if one thing is off, it affects every other area. And so I came up with this visual illustration just to help guys and to help Dave explain, like, this is what it's like for me. Let's say this night, I'm like, give Dave the look like, hey, how about tonight is the night? She's you know? never given me that look, I have by to. the way. Like, I don't know what this, ooh, is. this is. Hey, this is it. That's, that's like, our... <laughs> <laughs> That's our little cue there. So so that means like tonight it's happening, right? So Dave goes into his sex compartment. So he's upstairs. This is the only thing that's on his mind. He's that's it. He's so waiting for me. So I'm in the I'm downstairs, right? And here as a woman, here's what I'm thinking. All right, so what needs to be done tomorrow? Do we have any milk in the refrigerator for breakfast? Do we have groceries? And so I start thinking about that, right? So I start picking up bags. Oh, gosh, Dave's traveling this weekend. Like, what's he doing? What's my schedule? What's that look like? Oh, my gosh, we're writing this book. We have to write this more chapters in it. I haven't slept. When was the last last time that I slept? I haven't slept in ages. And then I'm thinking if my boys are in the house, I'm like, Oh gosh, are there are there clothes ready? Did they they played football? Are all their is all their stuff clean? And then I can think, oh my mom was sick. Like is she doing okay? And I need to call my friends. And so I'm picking up all these things and I'm thinking about this. Right, Dave is upstairs <laughs> in the bedroom waiting for me. I have it's not even you this. I have probably a hundred more things clinging to me, thinking about them, and it affects every area of my life. So I get upstairs right. And I go to bed, and here I am, like, you know, I can barely even get in the bed because it's like, I've got all this on my mind. And then Dave looks at me, he's like, what's on your mind? I'm like, are you kidding? All this stuff, you not get it? And he goes, no, I don't get it. And here's the thing, when you realize all this is weighing her down, it's like, okay, 
There goes that idea. And then, you know what we do as women? We pick up another bag. It's called the guilt bag. And that's like the heaviest one. So what do we do about this? Because God made us so different. And so we want to walk through that. And I'm going to tell you, for Dave and I, this had a huge effect on our marriage mm. because we were great. Like a couple, a lot of couples, like how often you do it, the frequency, you're really similar. When we had kids, I was exhausted. So we have three little boys running around and I'm like, this is so hard because I'm carrying all this stuff and Dave's frustrated because he wants to have sex more. I'm feeling like, well, if you'd be more affectionate or if you'd be more loving and cherish me more, you know, maybe I'd be interested. And so we were really missing each other. And I was like, why did God make us so different? Like, this is a bummer. I love the book, Love and Respect, because Emerson Egridge talks about how we're different as male and female. And he says, to get to a man's heart, and that's what we want as women. We want to get into them and their relationship and who they are. To get to a man's heart, you first have to go through his body, like sexually. But for a man to get to a woman's body, he first has to go through her heart. And it's about relationship. And so it's, I read that. I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. We're, we're just missing each other, you know. And yet, why did God do that? Because this can be a real difference. And I'm not saying that all men want sex more than women or women want sex more than men. It could be totally flipped and I'm not sure how that looks in your family relationship, but this can be real tension. And, it, and the interesting thing about it is I got mad and we had fights about this because I did not understand how different she was. And we talked about this last time. It's like, what are her top three needs? Right. Guys, guys, do you remember? Are you yelling this out right now? Because, <laughs> man, it's like after that last session, I hope you went and said, okay, what are your top three needs? And I didn't know that Anne longed for me to be affectionate. She longed for conversation. I wanted, I wanted relationship. Right. And Dave, I felt like he wanted sex more than relationship. I wanted relationship more than sex because the relationship led to sex. And what, what we both realize is it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. that God made us so different. And again, in your relationship may be flipped, but it was like, oh my gosh, if you, if Ann was just like me, it'd just be an act. And honestly, I was good with that, right? But no, it's like, it's so much more beautiful and more intimate and deeper than that. And, and if I was just like Ann, all we'd ever do is talk. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, true. No, I know it isn't, but it, it's like, oh my gosh, God made us different because the bottom line is vertical marriage means I go to Christ to find my life and then out of that I come to my marriage and say, how can I give? How can I serve? How can I honor your needs is more important than mine. Well, and, 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 and that applies in the bedroom as well. It yeah. isn't about me, it's about how yeah. do I cherish her? How do I respect him? And that makes lovemaking really intimate because it and isn't beautiful. just about me. It's about serving the, yeah. serving your spouse. I love what one of our mentors, Howard and Jeannie Hendricks, they were speaking one time. They were in their 80s at this time. And someone in this conference asked them a question, what is sex like in your 80s? Like they were 85. And I actually went, ugh, I don't even want to know. But I was like, wow. I don't want to know. Yeah, but here's what he said, which I was so surprised at. He said, those of you who have been married less than 15 years, you still don't even get it. You think sex is about the body. Because after you're married for a while, you realize that it's so much more than the physical or just the bodies. He says, sex is a union of the soul. It's not about orgasm. It's about 
combining your soul together because sex can look different when you get older with health problems, with all kinds of things. He said, but when you come together intimately, sexually, in this beautiful way, whatever that looks like, he said that brings glory to God and that is intimacy and it's this union. Yeah, when we heard that, we both thought we're not even close. Yeah. We just wanna grow in this area and God wants us to grow in this area and it's a lifelong process of learning how to love and cherish and cheer one another in a beautiful way, not just everywhere else in your house, but the bedroom, but also in the sexual area as well. So when you bring God into the bedroom, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a broader, Mm. vertical perspective I've ever had, when you start to understand the differences between one another, it's a beautiful, beautiful well, thing. Well, and let me give you some tips, guys, because you may have seen that situation. I had this one guy come up to me one time. He's like, that is the most depressing thing I've seen when you brought all that baggage up. He goes, but that's my wife. So that may seem depressing, and so here's a tip. Like, what, here's what I used to tell Dave. When we go to bed at night, you know, I've got all this on my mind. One of the things that can help me to get rid of that is first of all, once in a while, ask me this. So guys, ask your wife this. What's the heaviest bag you're carrying in your life? And if you really wanna score points, then you say, is there any bag that I can take off that you're carrying that I could carry? Whew, that's a good one. And here's another thing, another little tip. Like, here's what I used to tell Dave. Let, let's just like, when we get in bed, can you just? Are we gonna be this honest <laughs> yes. here? Yes. Talk about getting in bed. <laughs> when we go to bed, can you, so I can get all this stuff off of my mind, can you just rub my back for a while? Like five minutes, 10 minutes would be amazing. <laughs> but rub my back and he could, and stay on the back. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> because you know, the hand keeps drifting down, stay on the back. That helps your wife just to like disengage from the day all the things that are going on in her mind that really helps. That was, all right, so that, there's a that lot was frustrating of, for you, wasn't it? Uh, this is like PG-13, that just went rated R. But anyway, no, it it, it, and we do, we do wanna help because God has taught us so much about bringing yeah. God in here and getting his, his heart and his perspective, understanding each other and the differences. Mm. And then here's just one last thought. And I used the song for the last one, Your Body is Wonderland. I'll use another one from the 60s. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. That just aged you. Yeah, I know, it doesn't matter. But, um, it, and, and the thought is this, bring some creativity to this, this area of your life. Man, you Have married couples, yes. bring something to this. You go back to the Bible in the book of Solomon, it's really interesting. The woman actually says this to her husband, come my beloved, let us go to the countryside, let us spend the night in the villages, let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. I tell you what, I never heard stuff like this growing up from the Bible. It's like, what is she saying here? She's saying, let's be creative. Let's go spend a night in a hotel. Let's, let's go somewhere else and make love. They were actually in a field, in yeah. a vineyard. And we're not suggesting you do that. You gotta be <laughs> careful about that whole thing. But it's just like, Bring some spontaneity and creativity to this area of your married life. And I tell you what, this is something that we've had to learn over the years as well. It can get boring and predictable and you're busy and you think this, this area of the, the, the house, this area of our relationship doesn't matter. I mean, make your bedroom a, a, a nice place. Don't put your motorcycle in there and your ticker tape <laughs> stock thing in there. Bring some creativity in there. I have to even there. share this. Here's Dave and I, and we'll have like an anniversary dinner or something and I'll say like, what do you feel like when you look back on this past year? What was the most memorable moment? You're gonna moments? share everything, aren't yes, you? Yes, of, of the year. I, 
without fail, every time it's this some, like having sex somewhere. I'm like, really? Again? Really? <laughs> okay, one time I was doing, uh, a speaking at a chapel service for the Detroit Lions as their chaplain on my birthday. It was a Saturday night. We're playing at a home game the next morning, and we go to a hotel and spend the night there. So I'm speaking to the guys. It's my birthday, and I'm like five minutes into the message. There's probably 30 players and four or five, six coaches there. And one of our players walks in late, and he walks right to the front of the room. While I'm talking, hands me an envelope, and I barely look at it because I'm in the middle of my thing. I'm like, dude, just sit down. But I look at the envelope, and all I see is it says, Dave Wilson, emergency open. Well, I don't have time, so I put it down, and I keep going. And Luther was his name. Luther goes, no, 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 you got to open that right now. And so then I'm like freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, maybe something's wrong with the kids. Well, maybe did I... it say something on that envelope? It said emergency, open immediately. So I, I thought, okay, so... Somebody might have to go to the hospital site, so open it up, and I'm sort of in a panic state, and I don't know why to this day I did this, but I read it out loud. So I open it up, and all these guys are looking at me, and it said, hey, big boy, I'm naked up in room 20, come get, and I shut it, you know, and I look, and all the guys are like, oh my gosh. You know, and it was her surprising me, saying she got a room upstairs. Yeah, but and the key was in the envelope. Who thought he would read it out loud? I don't know why I read it out loud, but I did, and these guys were stunned. And so I said to the Detroit Lion guys, I said, hey, guys, guess where I'm going after chapel? And Bobby Ross was our head coach at the time. He's like this military guy, prim and proper. I don't think I ever heard him say the word sex out loud. He's in the back of the room, and he goes, hey, Dave, you better go now. We'll take it from here. And I'm like, see ya. And I run out. And when I run into those players that were on that team decades later, they're like, the only chapel I ever remember. The only thing I ever remember you saying was that day that you read Ann's note. And, and it was just basically this. It was like, oh, my gosh, it's okay to bring a little fun and joy to this area of your marriage. Because we get lazy. The demands of life pull us, our kids' schedules, everything is pulling us away. This area is really important because it really does unite you. It's intimate, it makes you one, it makes you fall in love all over again. And I'll, I, I'll end with this story. Um, I had a Lions Bible study that I lead with the, with the wives and girlfriends of the NFL team. And so this one day, this one girl says, hey, tonight's our anniversary, it's our one year anniversary and my husband got a limo and he's taking me to the best restaurant downtown. And we're like, oh, that's awesome, that's cool. I'm like, but what are you gonna do for him? She goes. I'm going, what do you mean? And I go, no, you need to do something special, like wear something, you know, underneath or whatever. Just make it special for him. So she goes, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, that's not really me, like, but it's him, so try it. So the next morning she calls me and she goes, okay, I'm just gonna tell you, best night of our marriage. Like, it was amazing. And my husband said to me, you're not usually like this. Where did you come up with this idea? And she goes, our Bible study. <laughs> And here's what he says next. He goes, I don't want you to ever miss one of those Bible studies again. So guess who showed up at our couple's Bible study? And this study? is a husband that never came to the Bible study. He shows up the next week, and he started coming, and that guy gave his life to Christ about six weeks later. And to this day right now, they're in full-time vocational Christian work. They have six kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just an amazing story that this guy ends up coming to Jesus because of lingerie. So... I mean, it, it, again, it's just like God's design for sex in marriage is a beautiful thing. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean there's not really real struggles. Yeah. We've had to work through those. But when you bring God into the bedroom, when you understand we're different, when you decide I'm going to bring some life to this area of our marriage as well as others, 
it, it can be a game changer. That's and just a couple thoughts. Yeah, because this could be overwhelming and maybe you haven't even talked about this. So what do you think they yeah, should Yeah, one of do? the first things I would say is talk about this. How? Seriously, this is an area that's very hard for couples to talk about. So, so I'm hard. like, bring it up. Say, what do you think? And be and, loving and kind and pray before you just kind of know how you'll say it so that your spouse doesn't get defensive. And I'd even say this, parents, talk about this with your children. Yes. They're hearing about this everywhere else. Please bring God's word, God's truth to that conversation and, and talk about it the, the, with them as well. And some of you, maybe you're single and you're like, wow, I've never even heard of this. You know, I've never heard this. What do I think of this? Even though having sex just in marriage, that covenant, like, I think that's a great discussion to have with friends. Like, why could this work for us? And the biggest thing is this, go vertical, mm -hmm. which means get God's heart, get God's perspective, surrender this area of your life to Christ and let him in mm -hmm. and watch what he does. Uh, I love just getting that perspective. We need that because we get so jacked up because of the culture and just what we hear all the time, what we see all the time. It kind of skews our perspective on sex. And so um, I want to respond for a couple of minutes, but before I do, we're going to go ahead and receive our offering right now. Um, so ushers, if you guys can go ahead and come on forward. Um, for those of you that are here visiting, let the basket go by. As usual, we are not interested in your, your finances or your resources. We're thankful that you're here. For those that call Kensington home, thank you for your generosity and giving to the mission that we're on. Um, so while the ushers are, are doing that, um, I, I want to tell you, in all my years of ministry, 22 years, um, this area of our lives is one of the most destructive. Um, we get in the most trouble because of this area. More damage is done to our relationships with others, to our marriages and our relationship with the opposite sex, and frankly, to our hearts. And that's what I don't think we realize is that when we misuse sex, this gift that God gave us, it damages us in the process. And it's always, I always say it this way, what God intended for good, Satan intends for evil, right? Like he wants to take every good thing that God has given us and use it for evil. He wants to destroy every good thing that God gave us. And so I've always taught, taught it this way. I, I did student ministries for 15 years um, and uh, talked to singles and marrieds for the last seven. Um, and I will just, this is how the best way I can describe sex to you. And I want you to share this with your kids if you have kids or when you have kids. Um, sex is God's marriage superglue. It's the best visual I can give you. It's God's marriage superglue. It is so powerful and so strong that it glues us together on a soul level, and it is designed to be so strong that it connects us and superglues us together for life. Like it is that powerful. It connects you on a soul level, and it's designed to be so powerful that it lasts the, the, the rest of your life. It's not something to take lively or to take lightly or just throw around. That's why God says, look, do not do anything sexually with someone that you are not committed to for life before him in marriage. So if you're single, you start messing with sex before you're married and you are start, you're starting to mess with something that God designed to connect you on a soul level to somebody for the rest of your life. That's why once that enters in before you're married, things get so difficult because you just super glued yourself to somebody that you're not committed to for life. And when that bond, when, when you break up, if you do, how, how, how painful is it when you superglue your fingers together and you rip them apart? You leave a part of you, you, you leave a part of one finger on the other one. 
That's what happens when you do this outside of marriage. When, when that relationship breaks up, you are basically leaving a part of your soul with somebody else that you can never get back. Now, God can repair that stuff, which is really great. He can kind of give that part of your life back. But you got to realize it is so important for us if you're married to have a healthy sex life. Because it's God's marriage super glue that puts us together for life. Meaning every time you do that, it's like putting another layer of glue on your marriage. On a soul level. It's that important. It's important that Melissa is the only one that I share that with. The absolute only one in my life that I share anything having to do with sex. Because it is that powerful. And I'll just tell you this, and then I'm going I'm to have that band come out in just a minute. Um, but our first five years of marriage was extremely difficult because of this area. Like I told you, Melissa and I, we've been in counseling. We actually started counseling in our first year of marriage um, after I lost my leg. And then, um, and then that, that counselor, Jack Wilson, and his wife kind of became mentors of ours for many, many years. And we, our first five years, the number one important, the number one topic we struggled with was sex. You know, we both grew up kind of in the church. And in the church, all you were told is it's bad, right? Don't do it. So we kind of brought that into our marriage, and it made things really difficult. We had to work through that, um, and really what we had to learn to do is go vertical. And I'll just tell you, and this might be a little TMI for you, but I pray about our sex life, Melissa and I. I pray. I invite God into the bedroom all the time. I'm like, God, help me be everything Melissa needs right now. Help her be everything I need right now in this area because I know how important it is that we have a healthy sex life. And that's why we wanted to, to do, talk about it today. And there's one more thing I want to address that Dave and Ann um, didn't address, but they do in their book. And that is, and that is pornography. And I just want to give you a, a, a visual on this and a way of looking at this to see how dangerous this is. Because I think in our culture, pornography is not a big deal. And I will just tell you, to your marriage, it's a big deal because this is how God gives us this visual. He's, he, to the group of people that Jesus was talking to in Scripture, um, sex was just a physical thing to them. And, uh, and adultery was just a physical thing. Well, Jesus comes along and he says, hey, if you even lust after a woman, speaking to guys, you've committed adultery with her in your, in your heart. So Jesus says, look, it's not just this physical act, this adultery thing. It's like it's mental as well. It's, it's, it's in your heart level. Just your thoughts matter. So when we allow pornography to come into our marriage, you're now taking your mind and you're detaching it from your spouse and you're attaching it to this thing, um, these, these people that you're watching that aren't really real. So you're detaching from the real thing and attaching mentally and emotionally to, to something that's not real. And that just brings destruction into your bedroom. And how do I know that? Because I brought a pornography problem into our marriage. I thought marriage would fix it. 22 years ago, I thought marriage, like, good, we're going to get married. Finally, I won't have to struggle with this. It didn't stop struggle. It wasn't until I confessed to Melissa and confessed to some close guys in my life that I started to find victory in this area. And so I just want to encourage you with that and give you that visual illustration of just saying, guys, your sex life in your marriage, it's marriage superglue. Work at it. Make sure that it's healthy. Um, get help if you need. And, and uh, you know, the exterior things that are going on, if, if there's some pornography issues that have worked its way into your marriage, go get some help because God wants this area of your marriage to be the most beautiful thing you have. Um, now, I want to pray for us. I want to go vertical um, with us for us right now. And then um, we're going to just spend some time going vertical through um, singing together to close out our service. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Um, 
I thank you that even in your word, you speak into this part of our life that's just difficult. It's, it's an area that we, we don't talk about a whole lot. We don't, we're not real about it a whole lot. Um, but God, yet it's this gift that you gave us that is just different than the other gifts that you gave us when it comes to marriage. It's special, it's sacred, it's holy. And so, Lord, I pray for all the married people in here um, today that you would just um, basically join us in the bedroom. As weird as that sounds, God, would you, we just invite you to make this part of our life beautiful and exactly what you intended. God, for those in the room that are, that are single, that aren't married yet, Lord, would you just give a strength there to treat this part of life with the, the holiness that you've given it to be between a man and a, and a woman in marriage who've committed their lives to each other. God, we know that when we do this and use this part of our life your way, that all the blessings that come along with sex you just pour all over us and into our lives. And so, God, I just pray for us that, um, God, you would not allow Satan to use this for evil in our lives, but that you would allow this gift to be used strategically to get us to our best self, our best relationship, and our best marriage we could, could possibly have. In your holy name, amen.